Hello, everyone. I am Sophia Raka. Welcome to my podcast, You Had It In You All Along. This podcast is to remind you that who you are right now is enough. The aim of the podcast is to create a library of candid chats that I have with amazing souls. And it's through the sharing of stories, you will learn how to connect with yourself and to also hold the belief that anything is possible if you really want to achieve it. In this podcast, you will come to know that everything is energy and it is interconnected. On today's episode, I am truly blessed to be joined by Shiv Jyoti. This is such a huge day for me to meet her in person on the screen and have had a beautiful chat before we connected right now for this recording. Shiv Jyoti first travelled to India with a calling where for 17 years she studied with her spiritual master and served him, receiving daily guidance and several levels of initiation to the highest awarded in the yogic tradition. Shiv Jyoti is one of a few Australian women to be ordained in the Dasnami order of sannyas. And while very much part of the world, her inner resolve will always be, she says this in her own words, crystal clear. Namaste, Shiv Jyoti. So good to have you here on the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today to share your story, your life, being a spiritual mentor and a sacred jewellery designer. Thank you, Sophia. So nice to be with you. It's wonderful. I think you're amazing. I feel there's so much the listeners will get from this particular episode. I would love, honestly, for you just to share with our listeners the journey, first as a yogic monk. And like we said in our little chat before, how many people actually know what that is? You know, and yeah, it's a hard thing to to grasp or comprehend. <laughs> and you know, even when I think when I share to some people the the journey of what took me there or that level of renunciation required, people kind of get a bit scared mm. and um, you know don't want to hear any more because we're all so used to our comforts and used to our our homes and our regular routine and having a certain structure that the thought of giving it all up and going into the unknown is. Um, beyond beyond imagination or beyond belief and most people can't understand why. Why would you do that? Um, I was fortunate that it happened to me at a young age that I really had this deep desire to go. So I hadn't, you know, the formal setup of I was still, you know, finishing my studies at the time. So mm -hmm. um, while I had a lot of job opportunities and offers, I hadn't committed yet to life. I didn't have children. I wasn't in um, a relationship so it was divine timing really and mm -hmm. I remember waking up one morning and I was in my late teens early 20s I think um, I don't know the exact age but I woke up one morning after being out partying and I had this voice that told me become completely pure and I felt like we talked about earlier you know you had a, a divine experience and more recently that's that's helped you to clarify your purpose and goals. And, and for me, it was just that real moment and I just woke up and I knew I couldn't live this life anymore. It was like the, a clean slate. Everything that had been before 
all these parties and friends and life, whatever was in it, wasn't the lifestyle that was what God wanted for me or intended for me. Um, and I didn't know what it meant to be pure. What does it mean to be pure? You know, it certainly means no drinking, but what else? What can you think of? No drugs, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to discover what is that purity. And I met a spiritual master and his talk, he said, spirituality means crystal clear, pure. And mm-hmm. I was already very spiritual, but I thought I want to know this spirituality completely because this is what I'm meant to do. Um, so I think it's like there's a story from Mother Teresa where uh, in one of her um, life documentaries that I have seen where she's sitting on the train and she realised she hears this voice mm-hmm. on the train, your job is to serve the poorest of the poor. And she says, I got off the train at the next stop and I was going to my, she takes a three months off from her year. Uh, she was, you know, a teacher in the um wherever she was teaching at that time and would go for three months into their retreat place and then go back. And so she was on her way into retreat. You know, that was a time she needed for herself and off from her duties. If only we had that sort of three months nowadays. Mm. But she heard that voice and she got off the train and she got the next train back and literally put in her request to leave um, the monastery that she was teaching at and to to move on, and that took some time. But it's that kind of thing when you hear that voice, you know, when you have that moment or that epiphany, it happens through different ways for different people. There's no turning back. There's no choice. You know, there's something that happens in you that takes over your life, Um, and we can't always uh, explain it. But I think our conversation that we had before we started the podcast reminded me of, of that and reminded me of the power of, you know, that was the turning point and stopping life as it were and going on the journey to find to find out what was what was what does it mean to be completely pure and And what we discussed around that purity was you know sometimes we have to break our heart to heal our soul and the soul is the highest order Mm -hmm. and if we were not to break the heart and the soul goes unhealed then we're still left really cracked and not living with that crystal clear clarity mm-hmm. on the, the journey that we signed up for all those bits and aspects we had to learn. We just come back in a different way to learn them again. Mm-hmm. I think for yeah. any really, you know, spiritual person or teacher, it's that cracking, it's that betrayal and hurt and pain and that deep, deep sorrow when things don't go as we'd hoped and wished for that is the real Mm. the real moment of transformation and any real teacher is just if somebody comes into me with that sort of sorrow and pain I I feel this wonderful awakening is happening it's the most beautiful Mm. energy when somebody's in tears I am in so much joy because I know this is the moment of transformation and we all try in life to avoid you know and to set our life up so we don't have betrayal, we don't have we try to mm. create this nice orderly system and trust people and we want to trust, we want to make sure of this mm. and that. And but it's that stops us in some ways. Or it's at least in our mind we think now nothing will happen. And then we get a shock when it does. But real really embracing and when there's the heartache, when there's the pain, if somebody's in it now, just seeing it like this wonderful opportunity and go into it, 
You know, Rumi says in one poem, I sucked into the pain. You know, and we have to do that. And anyone that's had an awakening and a spiritual journey has gone, okay, I'm, I'm buying into this one. You know, I'm going to really experience this fully. What is this pain? What is the real cause of the pain? Is it me or is it my expectation on something in the outside world that's going to satisfy me? And it's never us. It's always something that we thought would satisfy us that's impermanent. Mm. So it clears it. You know, the pain and the sorrow and the trouble is clearing the path for us. Mm. So when we're walking the path and when we're connecting, we're not happy, you know, all the time. No. It's, it's acknowledgement that we, we're here and we're showing up and we're walking the path. And the joy or the happiness is different because it's, it's seeing in somebody else, you know, my happiness is, is sharing with you and others who are mm. walking it and doing the work. There's a great happiness in meeting others. And happiness is just one aspect of that scale of emotional frequency. You know, when people say, um, what's the goal? Is the goal happiness, Sophia? I'm like, no. And I get really shocked. <laughs> I'm like, no, my goal is not to be happy. I said, that's just one emotion we can feel as much as it is sad and everything in between. And um, I remember I said this to a group of executives that I had for six weeks who had no real concept of, of your emotional barometer is 100% of your responsibility. It's not reliant on the outside world being X, Y, Z. I was introducing them to the fact that they had been conditioned that way and this is why they're not satisfied and it's playing out in their relationships at work and whatnot. And I said to them, wouldn't the goal be more purposeful if we reframed it to being at peace with the good and the bad, mm. you know, with the happy and the sad and being able to feel into both and move through it for what it was meant to teach us or clear up for us or lead us to yeah. an inner peace, knowing that nothing lasts forever. Mm. And it was just this aha moment in the room. Mm. And I said, really, in the first world, we've been conditioned to follow the bliss bomb. And that's an, in my book when I get around to writing it. I coined that term back when I started personal training clients in my 20s and I was already in my own little world and zone at that time. I remember just observing people and I went into nutrition wanting to really help them get the most out of their optimum cellular health and looking into their genetics and whatnot and they'd come back and say, oh, I don't like the taste of that Mm. and it was I don't like the feel of that and I would say to them, is everything meant to be a bliss bomb? Can you just have it, eat it, absorb it because it's good for you? Mm. Can we just get past the fact it doesn't feel beautiful, it doesn't feel fantastic? And I think that's where the conditioning's come in and people are looking yeah. for happy and, and they're so disillusioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and reframing what does happiness mean? Is it a high or is it the satisfaction of, of knowing that what you're doing in the moment is going to lead to something longer term? Mm that's more permanent and more peaceful. So happiness, exactly. you know, mm. can be achieved when we just have that equanimity. We can face the, the struggles or the sorrow and, and really go into it because they're all experiences. None of us can get through life without losing people that we love. I think mm. everybody's betrayed at some point in one way or another. You know, we all go through these huge ups and downs, but if we can 
just recognize from the outset that anything that comes is for us to grow and to evolve and to understand ourselves better and the essence of life and why we're here, then we can be, you know, happy. I mean, we all have different meanings for these words, but happiness is not a high. It's a it's a state of of being okay with everything. Inner peace. Yeah, just an inner okay with it all. And I feel from my coaching background with the whole idea of being happy, it's more about being comfortable with anything that comes through, sitting in the discomfort and being comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and knowing that I always say to myself particularly and then with my clients as well and friends and family when they're really challenged, tomorrow it will look different. Mm-hmm. In a week's time it will look different, it will feel different, you'll come mm-hmm. to have a better relationship with what has just occurred, that you'll take out the suffering that you're putting yourself in in the reactivity of it mm-hmm. and start to see it for what it was meant to teach you yeah. or show you or or take you away from that wasn't serving you anymore mm-hmm. and then you flip the pancake as I call it it's like flipping that pancake and going wow I'm so grateful this happened if this did not happen I would not have had this mm-hmm. you know but you still need to accept you need to grieve you need to whatever you don't buy like bypass those emotions or spiritually bypass them and go oh yeah you need to feel them but not choose to stay in them yeah you know and that, so you're not that's, seeing the bigger picture you know why you're you're so important your work and your podcast and all those that are joining in because there must be everyone that's with us now is is willing to to accept that, accept the discomfort and you reflect that and say, hey, it's okay. If we look at our life and think how many people, mm-hmm. and I can think of a few friends now, people around me, that you tell them something that's not quite right in your life and they go, oh, that's okay, it's probably for this or that or don't worry about it and it just sort of keeps you and they'll make you feel good or let's go and do this or that or we'll just go for a mm-hmm. walk and it's all just about keeping in this state of not, not looking deeper. You know, and it frustrates me a little bit. Those people sort of frustrate mm. me because it might be okay for them to just keep everything just cruising along. But I like it when you can talk to somebody or a friend or something's going on. And this is this is a big principle in yoga we call satsang. It means in the company mm. of the truth. You know, when you can talk to a friend, like we can talk and you go, well, you know, why are you upset about that? Like what happened? What's in you? Is that a trauma that you faced before? Or is mm. that, you know, and you go deeper into it and you go, well, how am I accountable for feeling this now? I might be a problem with them or something's come up with them. But, you know, when people in in truth can reflect back and go, but hang on, what's happening with you? You know, you got to go. I, I spoke to a friend just the other day. I had something come up and I called her up and I said, you know, what, about, what do you think about this? And she goes, you need to clear the clutter out of your mind because, you you know, go and meditate. You know what to do. And that's exactly what I needed to hear in that moment because we all mm. get thrown by something, you know. And the friend that was with me at the time said, don't worry, don't worry. So that's the difference, I think, when you keep, when you choose, when people make a conscious effort to have friends like you, mentor like you, listen to the podcast where you're going to say, hey, you know, look at yourself as you do for your clients and not have all those people we all have in our life that say, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. Wait till, you know, just let it be, let it be. We have to, everything that causes us some feeling of, oh, I don't know about that or oh, that doesn't feel nice Mm. if we can look into that more deeply and where that's coming from in us then we start to heal and we start to grow every single moment of every day seems extreme but there's moments in every day at least a few where we can use 
experiences that we're having in our interactions with others and in life to really grow. And that's that's all we need, really, to make a big change in our life. And once you, I call it the puzzle, when you realise that that was what you did and it worked, it gave you an awakening or a bigger scope of the patterns that you are in and then you were able to transform them, mm. create better patterns for yourself. Then when the next lot of patterns aren't serving and someone else walks into your life and goes, red light, can we just have a chat? And over this lady, she mm. it was only the other week, she goes, you are such a joy. Most people, when I do that to them, it was part of a big registrating body for soul workers and light workers down to psychologists and whatnot. And she's one of the heads of their new global um, office and it's very brand new to the world. So it's all just coming out now. She said, you're one of the few practitioners that just sat there and went, okay, can I have another couple of hours with you? Let's work through how I'm best to manage this part of my life where others thought it was criticism and mm. it was and I was like no I was just so grateful someone took the time out to be in my shoes and see where I was creating blocks I'm just starved of people being able to just sit there with you and be that mirror I said well, as soon as I see it now because I've known in my past the conversations are not um how could I put that to me right now, they're joy. But back in the early days, I was like, oh, that was a bit blunt. Now I'm like, ooh, this is a teacher. Sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. Take some notes. Ask for their time again if they're willing to give it, if there's a few bits and pieces that aren't um, feeling like they're in sync with the next few steps. Clarify it and get moving forward with the next part of your life because they've walked in for a reason. They've mm-hmm. come across your path, you know, and yeah. I see that, but when you haven't had that experience, you've got no contrast. You think of that person as being maybe rude, a bit blunt, a bit obvious in what they're wanting to be delivered in the way they're asking you to turn up for your life. And you might not want to have that conversation with them. It's so much easier to be with the people that go, oh, let's just go out for dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, let's just go do this instead. Um, so for me, I totally understand what you're saying in the sense that we need those mirrors. And the more yeah, you see them. You know, when I first heard um, that or that voice or whatever it was that said to me, you know, you need to become completely pure. And I thought, what does that mean? You know, stop drinking, stop all those things. But it actually, when I really went to study spirituality and, and understand what is purity, mm. it's looking at the mirror of the, you know, our own mirror and seeing the darkness mm. And seeing ourselves and being able to go, oh, that's not so great. Like I shouldn't really respond like that. Or where's that mm. coming from? Why am I defensive about that? And that's the pure. That's the path of of purification, is to remove our own judgments and expectations that come from our own conditioning, so that we're not conditioned by anything. And then we can be one with spirit and walk in this world as a light worker, in service of what comes in front of us. There's quite a there's quite a shift there. It's like turning on the other side. You know, instead of responding or reacting to life, if we're willing to look at our own darkness and peel those layers away or clean that mirror that we're looking at, then we start to really show up for others and be there and then reflect back to them what they need to see in their own mirror. But it's facing. It's facing ourselves and that's an everyday job. And I think that's why a lot of people want to walk away from it because it's, it's hard but it's also joyful. 
knowing what I know now, it would be knowing that I've crossed that line where I can see and feel and know my heart about being clear to go back to how I was before when I was in the dark, that is more painful. If people could only realise that once you go through that first dark night of the soul, that first cracking open, Mm. there is so much more freedom and peace there. Mm -hmm. But yet to be afraid of it is showing you that that is what you need to be going to more than anything to realise that you're choosing fear and not trusting the process. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I just... I jumped in and went, okay, I need to make me my project and go dive deep into that. Even though I even had members of my own family going, this is painful to watch you do this. Mm. And I was like, well, I need to do this for me to, to live a better life. And that was back, you know, in my mm-hmm. late 20s. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult for people if you're not in the right encouraging environment with your friends your family your colleagues it can look like a very painful choice but in essence what it becomes is a liberation there's so much more peace and you just realize that that was placed there purely to make life easier not that it life becomes easier it it is easier because you're able to flow with it more Mm. life will still be up and down it was just you flow with it better once you understand yourself better and I think there's very few people I mean I've you know met very very few people that have been through it with support you know for most people Mm. it's a lonely path and it's a choice that they Mm. make because they recognize deep within this is what they have to do and it's almost Mm. part of it it's part of the test or part of the courage that's required at the beginning to go no I'm going to walk alone I'm going to do this because this is right this is me walking with spirit or walking because this resonates with my innermost being there's a certain courage that comes in that that if you do it and you take those steps you can't go back you know, there is no going back. If you sort of, oh, maybe yes, maybe no, will you come along with me, boyfriend or friends or mom or dad or girlfriend or whatever, then I think that's, you know, holding you back. And really, it is a leap of, of faith. It is a leap in the it's beginning. Interesting is, yeah, it is a leap at the beginning. And then when people get to know you or you cross their path, they then realise you're slightly different. And they get intrigued. So mm-hmm. I've got this new hairdresser. And so she slowly, she loves it. It's like she gets the next conversation with Soph. Mm-hmm. And it was actually yesterday I was with her and she said, oh, mm, um, are you scared that you're getting older and, you know, your only sibling has passed and you don't have a partner? Like you're getting old alone. And I I said to her, no, I said, you're never really alone. You're only alone if you haven't allowed yourself to feel into the space that you're here to work through your soul's journey. I said, for me, I came here alone and I leave alone. I'm I'm not frightened of going because it's just as natural as coming through the womb. And so what I do in between, it hasn't been the cookie cutter story but I've had such rich connection mm. and such beautiful epiphanies 
And it has led me in the search of that tribe and people that have done the work on themselves and also that bigger picture where we're here to keep others on track with their journey when they want to see it for themselves. No judgment, you're just here as that light. Like you said, the light workers. I said to her, there is so much going on that the only thing I'm frightened of is there's not enough time to get it all done in this human vessel. I said, that's the only thing that bothers me about this whole timeline that I'm on. And she was like, oh, okay. So she was expecting a totally different response, but she really understood it. I said, the frustration is, oh, look at how quick time goes. Mm. And all these things I want to do in that embodiment of what I now know. I said, so there really is no time to think about the story that we've been told in the first world about what it should be in your mid-40s, your mid-50s and mid-60s. but it was beautiful to see her see that I was truly at peace with that and she was at peace now. Like she see I was at peace, but I felt like she was hoping to wake me up to this thing, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not like that for everyone. Everyone, yeah. you know, once you've got a bigger picture. Mm. Yeah. And that was and what you just said then. And we live in a world with I no, think back. so many possibilities. You know, I see people all the time that meet the love of their life at, 45, 55, 60, even 70, you know, it's amazing. They might have been married and and come Mm. out of it and it's hugely heartbreaking and devastating for their life but then it, you know, leads them onto a trail of getting to know themselves more and and what they're worthy of and what they really want and and they do attract that if that's what they want or if not, yeah, they're in in the path of service. They have more time. If you don't have your own family, naturally have more time for others and Mm. give more to the world and um, there's... I think accepting ourselves and accepting, you know, I'm big on that, what what God gives or what the divine gives you, you know, not comparing with others but really mm. being thankful for what comes on your path and what's in your way. And when we really look at that, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to, to share through our thankfulness with the world that, um, you know, we're all exactly where we're meant to be. There's one saying I like very much, it's right where you are now, God circled on a map for you. But really knowing that and being content with exactly how things are and exactly where we are at any given time is is a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful flow. But sometimes we need each other to remind ourselves of that. (laughs) That's what today's been about, just sitting here with you. I'm just overflowing with so much joy and love and appreciation for every moment that has got me here in my life. And, yeah, I've got nothing more to say than just I'm so absolutely grateful for everything and just sharing the way that we have been you know and understanding the bigger picture of what we're here to do Mm. while we're here in service it's a beautiful thing and that's what life's about it looks different for everyone you know you might be in service to your family but you might be in service in a different way but when you're alive in that and you've gone past the narrative and the fear you wake up to what we're here to do which is to free ourselves from Mm. that notion that we're not enough, that we're not safe. We're exactly where we need to be Mm. in a sense of connecting. Yeah. And we get there through, you know, facing our darkness, through facing the darkness. And I think that's when how you know, a lot of people ask, how do you know if you meet somebody? Because there's a lot of teachers out there and there's a lot of people that are, you know, preaching and putting Mm. on the show and they do it really, really well. And sometimes we get misled as well by experiences. We've all been there um, and and had disappointments in others and 
you know, we're all human, so we can all disappoint others. But but really the quality I find most evident in a teacher that's really or a guru or a master is that they've been through so much and faced so much their own darkness that there's no judgment, that they accept you unconditionally and they love you. They just, you know, and you recognise that in others. Like we said before, it's not about being happy and beautiful and full of light. It's, it's when you have faced your darkness, you tend to become very much less judgmental of anybody, you know, because you know all the things, like all the things we have to forgive ourselves for that we've done in the past. No one's, no one's shiny, you know, all through. It's interesting um, the way that you said that because there's been so many moments where you're on the phone to a friend or family and they're blah, blah, blah about something that happened in their day. And I'll often go, can you just pause for a minute? And I'm like, they're in their drama. And I'm like, did you think what might be happening for that person? Why they may have responded to you or your request if it was a business thing or, you know, in that friend you know, paradigm, why it is that they responded that way, what was happening for them, mm. where were they coming from. It's not about your expectation. It's realising that everybody is just doing the best with what, what they know at the time mm. and what emotional availability they've got for themselves first because that's what's projected outwards. Mm. It's not about their perception or acceptance or acknowledgement of you. It's of themselves in that moment. And being able to do that for every human and realising even though other people might think, oh, they were a bit short, you know, particularly when you're in a class situation. And I'm like, no, they weren't. They were doing the best they could. Who knows what was going on for them today or a month later. And I usually find out that they were going through something really significant because I'll come back and go, thank you because I know how I was the other week and you just were so much love for me. Mm. Or I'll get an email through my managers going, just let Sophia know that what she said as I was leaving left an imprint for me for that week because I was just going through this and this and this. Mm. And it's interesting. Most people will tend to think that was rude, that was that, and I'm like, no. And that's a beautiful place I love being in now where I I go, no, it's just where they're at with what they know Mm. and what's left in their tank. They might have just been totally empty Yeah, and they've got to go out in the world and the world can be very draining. If you don't know how to fill up and you haven't got the right tools that we spoke about, mm. it can take everything out of you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's having the tools, it's doing the practice, doing the work on the, on the self, on ourself and and being willing and facing facing the darkness of ourself and taking responsibility. It's the only way through. It's not about putting on, putting on the robes or putting on the act or putting on the show mm. or being perfect and learning the way to speak and the way to do things because we never feel good doing that and it's temporary you know and so the real people that you can trust are people that are willing to to talk about their own you know failings or their own struggles and um and admit you know be the first to admit that they're not they're not perfect you know they're the people that you can find comfort in because they're not going to judge you and over time those sort of friends allow you to really be yourself you know and you mm. find you grow with those sort of people not the sort mm. of people that you know you need to do this you know, I have a lot of people around me too that you need to do this, you need to charge this, it looks better. People tell me all the time <laughs> over my time because I give so much to, to people all the time every day and people are always tell me you need to charge for that, you need to do sessions. And I, there's not a part of me that feels at this point anyway that I can possibly do that. You know, it's not, 
but people think in terms of, you know, how to set things up to look a certain way, you know, because you should be respected mm. for, for doing that. Or, you know, that's that's a mentality of always having a structure. You know, this is, we also talked about this before, of setting things up in a way that's safe and secure and appeals and looks a certain way. And it might, mm. it might look a certain way, but is that true to ourself in that moment? If we're setting our life up so that it's all organized and orderly, I think there has to be, you know, uh, there has to be a part of us that's not trying to create order and discipline everything, you know, that can just go with the flow, just be there, just be present, and not expect things to all work out as you want them to. You know, the more rules you have and the more you structure things, the more things can go wrong. You need exactly you need a part of that in in life, but. In other areas, we should just be able to let ourselves go a bit free or be a bit wild or, you know, at least have that structure and a part of it, not to have rules and spend time with other people who don't expect you to. Find those friends who are not trying to make you look prim and proper or act in a certain way. You know, they might be the wild people or whoever, but it will help. It helps us, those sort of friends um, and community, help us to really deepen our understanding of ourselves. And be willing to be vulnerable and to be open, to start to open up about how we're really feeling about mm. things. Maybe you're doing something in life or what your career is isn't really what you want to be doing. And if mm. it's not really what you want to be doing, you're not ever going to find fulfilment. You know, we're all here on earth with gifts from our creator and our purpose mm. is to find them and to use them. That's how we contribute to society. And that's mm. the awakening you know, we've faced darkness, we've faced the struggle and the pain of, of conforming and knowing that's not what we want to do. And there's a lot of period, for me, there's a lot of period in life where you don't have anything to lean on, you don't have security, you don't have safety when you choose not to follow the mould of the world and the structure. You know, but after that comes such a great, joyful happy life full of abundance and everything and it keeps growing that you would never ever consider living any other way and so just keeping a bit of life open and the door open to to the wild people communicating keep listening to to you know what you're doing with your podcasts and keeping that wild side of us you know cultivating it cultivating that part of you that wants to know what you don't know yeah that's the wild I mean, we've been conditioned, I feel, from the moment we came out of the womb that by age five you will know this amount of information from preschool. Then you go to primary school and you'll come out knowing this amount of knowledge in this dynamic. Then it's the university and whatnot. And so we're actually hitting milestones thinking that we've lived a life because we've been told that is the good life when really I'm the one that sits there at the other side of a Zoom screen with people, I'm not feeling good about my life. My kids are healthy. I've got a great husband. I've got a great job and I'm empty. What is wrong with me? Why can't I feel good? Mm. And I say to them, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. That is telling you now, listen to your soul. It's time now to have a relationship with your soul and to understand that, you need to find fulfillment from within us and inner peace with just sitting with yourself. Mm. And, and that might mean changing the way that you do things on a daily basis. It might mean inviting new people and projects into your life where you are serving others 
or creating something for the world. And it's listening to that and not being told that you're too old to venture and do something like that because you're 50 and you're meant to be thinking about retirement. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me is where people need to break out of that structured thinking and think wild, think about what they don't know, follow your heart. Like I had the most beautiful woman that is in a local area and I'm running out of time at the moment. So I just happened to be going past this great um, gourmet grocer about a few weeks ago and bought this beautiful vegan meal. And it was one of those nights where I went, oh, I've forgotten to eat. I've been so busy doing X, Y, Z. I pulled it out, made it, and it felt like she was in my kitchen and cooking it for me, the actual woman that makes this beautiful little sachet of dal. Mm. I had a look at the pack and went, you know, we now know to listen rather than go, oh, that's stupid. You just don't go phone the owner of that business. So I just wake up in the morning and I went, that's my scrub the bathroom morning, um, get everything sorted for the rest of the week. And I rang the number Mm. and it rang out, leave a message. She called in two minutes later. I went, oh, hi, I just want to say thanks for the the dial. And she she tells me her life story and she'll be on the podcast. Didn't realise she's around the corner. Her three daughters are nurses and they were eating crap. And she couldn't find a job at 53 because apparently you're not really worthy to the employment sector at Mm. that point after being a stay-at-home mum for 30 years. So she decided to make these amazing vegan meals that are now stocked at 231 outlets around Australia and it feels like someone has made them in a saucepan in your kitchen. Mm. And and so the old old me would have went, you know, just call someone. We had an hour chat. I got all my errands done at home, having this most phenomenal chat. And it was the best morning I had. And that was just by listening to that inner voice. And she said to me, yeah, and just doing my word of it. Mm. Yeah. And at the end, I ordered a whole bunch because um, I wanted to know how that works. And, and then she said, you know what, we have to do coffee. But one more thing I want to tell you, Sophia. And it was the best thing she could have told me because of all the changes that are going on in my life. She said, you need to back yourself. Always back yourself. Mm. So that's the one thing I've learned at this point in my journey. Yeah. And then we ended our call. And Mm. so that's what I mean by living in the flow. Yeah. That was such richness in that hour. I learned my next few, you know, imprints that I need to live from, backing Mm. yourself going with the flow of an idea. And she had no idea about social media, nothing. And the empire is amazing that she's created just mm-hmm. on her own. No idea in any IT, techie stuff, nothing. Mm-hmm. And she did it all herself, plus making these goods that last in a fridge. Yeah, doing Isn't what Isn't that just embodying? Yeah. Exactly. And listening to that calling, going, well, no, stuff the story of being 53 and you're telling me I can't get an admin job. I'll just go and create this product that will help so many other people in the same boat that I am Mm -hmm. as a mother in her Mm mid-50s and with kids that are in jobs that are on shift work. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about here for the listeners to understand. That is that wild side. It's getting past the conditioning, the critique. It's, you know, and being comfortable with that being your normal, not what you've been told is Mm -hmm. your normal. Yeah, and trusting in yourself, trusting to... You know, spending time with good people who encourage you to to follow, follow what you really want to do and, and who recognise you can't mm-hmm. lose anything. You're not going to lose out on life because you follow what your joy is and what your passion is. You've got everything to gain and the people and the privilege and the, and the things you mm-hmm. lose along the way were never really yours anyway. 
you can't lose anything that's truly yours. Nothing that you are really meant to accomplish or do can ever be taken away from you. And we all know what our purpose is. We all know what we enjoy. Sometimes we don't listen to it. We haven't listened to it for a long time, so it takes a while to get back to it. Mm. But it's all in us. It's within us what we enjoy doing. And you never know where that can lead. Just start doing it and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's having the courage to actually allow it to come through rather than pushing it down, going, oh, that's a silly idea. Mm. No, it's not. It's your greatest, greatest accomplishment, just wanting to come out of you, give it space. Mm. You're only here for such a short time. Every day is a bonus. So I always say to people, you know, treat each day like an absolute gift. Mm. You don't know when it changes. And I'm so glad for the people that passed in my life. They taught me that. Mm. And they passed in such a rush, you know, for so many different reasons that I was just left going, oh, okay, that actually happens. I had no idea of the shortness and the brevity of what it is our journey is in this human form. Mm. I was like most people thinking, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get round to it. That's been deleted from my dialogue now. And Mm. I thank them. And when I get into a really uncomfortable place, I have this one particular friend that passed and she'll just appear and she'll be like, well, you're worried about that today? Really? I'd do anything to be back to have a day like that. You're worried about doing a new presentation or stepping out into a new exam or creating something different for yourself. And she's the voice that is in the back of my mind going, that." Is your concern? Your Mm. concern is if you weren't here to give that a chance to flourish and you're here, so use that gift, use the time that is there as a gift. And I'm glad that I tapped into the passing of all these beautiful people as a way to wake me up. Mm. It's so limited in terms of what we can do here in this human form. We'll always be that soul and that energy, but what we do right now, that opportunity isn't there forever. Mm. you know yeah. it's not a dress rehearsal yeah and it's not just going to click we're not now and it's a journey step by step no it's a journey and the next thing as well is that next chapter like you're over in India you're studying with this master at some point you must know that you've how can I put this a feeling comes in that you go well where do I go to from here? So when I read through your story and we spoke a couple of times and I'll let listeners know our backstory in a moment, um, you were instructed to begin teaching others. So you actually come all, all the way back to Australia to teach others meditation and yoga, you know, and then today just talking to you and from the malas that I bought from you, like I feel from your aura and the malas particularly that you have a natural connection to the earth's energy and the frequency there. So was it all that put together that made you wake up one morning in India and go, I have to go back to Australia, that's where my next chapter is in teaching? For me, I wouldn't say the journey's ever been easy. It always comes like it's like, the you know, you're the butterfly in the, in the chrysalis, you know, and it's just 
you, you know, mm. that story of the butterflies mm. struggling so hard to get out of that chrysalis mm. and it's a big struggle and that's what strengthens its wings. I always have felt in my life that any big change is preceded by this enormous struggle. Uh, it's never like, okay. yeah. oh, ching, like off we go, this is going to work. <laughs> um, never, you know, before that it's always um, so I felt for a long time in India and, and travelling with my guru that this was like I wanted to be out with people. Like mm. I wanted to just and you, I start to feel more that there was more problems coming also within the ashram environment and mm. more jealousies amongst people and more things mm. that didn't make me feel like I was in an environment that was really fulfilling my spirituality and my soul anymore. Mm. And you know, my guru was always telling me, you're not strong enough, because I would tell him, you know, let me go. And he would say, you're not strong enough yet. You're not going to be able to maintain your, your spiritual strength in that world out there with all the sharks. Everyone's going to want a piece of you. You know, you're not strong enough yet. But he'd say things like that and almost put out of my mind that I'd ever be able to, to you know, leave leave the confines of that, you know, protected environment and his protection mm. and, and guidance um, and so I'd sort of forget about it, but then he'd plant little seeds of, and when you do, and this might happen, or, you know, he'd just give me some guidance that, you know, helped enormously, especially my first two or three years. There'd always be this little voice that would come up and go, oh, he told me about this. He told me what to do when these sort of people would show up and, you know, how to handle this or how I should, what I should mm-hmm. even wear. You know, he'd given little hints and um, without saying anything, but, no, the moment was really when things became so unbearably difficult to stay in that situation anymore that I that I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was easy, you know, for, it was a hard, hard, hard and like contracting and I wasn't well and, you know, people were concerned about me and my health, physical health and, mm. um, you know, and then just situations just got so bad with, you know, a lot of different things compounding that I was like no this is this is not me and I'm going to follow my heart and I have to follow my heart and you sort of I was left with no choice but to follow my heart and for me that's how things work and so I never look back because I know I've exhausted every possibility it was definitely not going to work it definitely wasn't meant to work anymore Mm. um and when I did you know everybody was was right there with me all of my students and Mm -hmm. people that I'd known for so long and um it was amazing how doors opened and things started to flow. It didn't, didn't go like rocket speed, but it flowed and, um, you know, things started falling into place really. But, no, it was it was hard. And I remember talking about it once with a group of, of students who were having a philosophy session. We used to do a yoga, mm-hmm. yoga philosophy course. And uh, I was sharing a little bit about some of the, how hard it is actually, in, you mm-hmm. know, with a guru and in the ashram and everything and, and it was about this topic and about leaving. And one of these women said, but if you knew that you were going to leave, then you would have given up much earlier. You know, you wouldn't have put your every last ounce of blood, sweat and tears into performing your role so well while you were there if you knew that this would happen, that you would just leave. And I thought, yeah, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the mastery of my master, that he didn't want me for a moment to lose my focus and my intention. You know, he was, mm. I was in training, I was focused, I was trying to do the absolute best and trying to fight against this struggle and trying to work against, you know, all these things that were banking up against me and I was mm. just staying focused until I just couldn't anymore and everything just falls away. And, 
and then I was free you know I felt free and it's it's a different experience being back out in the world so to speak and um you know integrating with people who have set their lives up really with a lot of structure and security um it's taken a real period of um adjustment and understanding and learning um but I'm able to maintain that center because I did that training and because I was mm. I was there so no, that's a few answers in there but no it wasn't just like oh okay off you go but mm. it was when I was pushed really by so many circumstances to go on my own and I started to walk it and live it that things flowed mm. and then I could put my guru's teachings into practice I realized oh he told me about this you know he told yeah. me how to handle this actually he prepared me for this you know but it's like um it's it's different it's different when you're there in that kind of environment you're just fully focused on on that and that's a training for the mind as well so this is where we will leave you our listeners with Shivjyoti in India finishing off her pilgrimage as a yogic nun following a guru and finally deciding and being called back home to Australia to set up her own yoga studio meditation school and to design some sacred jewellery. If you love today's episode, please leave us an Apple review so we know you want more of the same content and it makes it easier for other people to find the podcast. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And we would love it if you could share it with your friends on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from. For those of you that resonate with this podcast and want to support it financially, please visit my Patreon page. The link will be in the show notes. Look forward to sharing space with you all again on part two of my amazing conversation with Shijoti. I am your host, Sophia Vrakar. Until next time, you are loved, you are love, be love.